Look, in that division right now, there are four there are four guys all sort of tangled up in this. Really, it's one fight. It's the title fight. Mm-hmm. There are four guys. There's Connor, Gaethje, Ferguson, Khabib. Khabib. That's it. Yep. That's it. So the bottom line is, one of those guys is going to fight the other, and if it's not for a title shot, they're next in line, and they'll just make you know uh, Khabib wait longer to to defend his title. And I don't think he minds that. That's sort of been his track record anyway. He doesn't go. He doesn't fight a lot. He goes long stretches of time without fighting. So it, so does Ferguson. So this isn't anything new for the two of them. Gaethje will fight and fight often. Connor, when he was sort of on his rise, fought and fought often. Not so much anymore, obviously. But well, didn't he want three fights this year? Or was it yeah, just what two? He said. Which I mean, I, I'm sure this has put a rent, thrown a wrench into things, especially because apparently he's not training or at least camp style training now if him and his coach aren't in the you know in the gym at the same time at all but I, I wonder I wonder if he will fight again this year Hey, CEP listeners, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. As always, if you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating. It really does help us get the show out to more people. In this episode, Patrick and I talk about UFC 249 and the potential fights we could see. We compare the UFC to other sports and what it takes to be successful in the UFC as a fighter. And then we talk about some of our favorite TV shows and movies that push the boundaries in today's society. If you have any questions for Patrick and I or any topics that you would like to hear us rant about, make sure to hit us up on any of the CEP social medias. We are everywhere. Lastly, make sure to support your local businesses in this time of crisis. They need all the support they can get. And also, keep an eye on the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast social medias because we're going to have some cool stuff coming soon that's going to let you, the listener, help support local business as well as first responders and EMTs and those on the front lines. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey everybody, thank you for joining us on this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am Colt Bercato. Patrick Blair, sipping on his coffee as usual. That is a massive mug, dude. No, it's really not that big. It's not? It just looks like it on camera? It's Yeah, it's it's really not that big. Okay. It's one of the smaller <laughs> ones I have. I'm going to pull that clip and put it at the beginning, just so you know. It's really not That's that big. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> is that what you told your wife when you guys first got together, too? No comment. Okay. I think she might have been the one saying that. I think she said it's really not that good. Yeah, that's a real good ego boost. Yeah, no, she doesn't need to do that for me. Trust me, she would never. Um, <laughs> like I need, like I need any more help with that. So I was just complimenting or commenting on on the uh, St. Louis Blues gear behind you. Uh-huh. I asked if they were plates, and you said no, they are records. Yes. That are spray painted. Yes. To well, which I well, then two, said, two of them are. The top one is a. Actually, the top one is a CEP record also. Well, a record with CEP on it. Which but then you have pe- a, a St. Louis People Blues. who can't see this video are going to be pissed off. Yeah, no, I'm going to explain them. No, no, okay. I was getting there. I was okay. getting there. So okay. you have a... Uh, one is a St. Louis Blues logo with the city skyline behind it. Correct. And then the other, which your head was covering before, you said, no, I got another one. And I said, well, why wouldn't you move your, your dumb head out of the way so we could see that one? And you have somewhat, but it says Play Gloria and it has a, another blues logo. Correct. And then I said, well, what records are they? And your response was, meaning like what music is on them? 
yes, that's that is what I, I mean. Didn't... I said which artist, and you said I have no idea, but I have a guy that does these for me. And then I said, hold on, you have well, a guy. Okay, so, so you have a, a record spray painter. So, yes, but for the first question, why would it matter what music was on the record? Am I supposed to pull this off the wall and put it on my record player? No. I am just a curious individual, so I wanted to know oh. which records were not important <laughs> enough that you had to spray paint them. That's all. Okay. So we were going to shout out those artists, but instead, you don't know, so let's shout out the guy who did those for you because they're pretty cool. Jordan, so who, who's your guy? Jordan Massey. Everybody should, uh, He also goes by Right Hand Robot. Right Hand Robot. Yes. Can you find him on Facebook or Instagram or you Twitter can. or all of the above? Uh, I don't know about Twitter, but I know you can on Facebook and Instagram. We've shouted him out before. He's actually he's actually been on the CEP before. Oh, cool. Yeah. He's a good, dude. And he does really awesome stuff. Like the CEP logo he did also. And like I said, that's on a record also, but it's a piece of wood. Like the CEP part is actually wood. And then spray paint. Is it really that it. close to you? Like you just reached around and touched that. When I'm looking at you via Skype, it looks like they're 15 feet behind you. No, Do like, that again. Like this is the wall. Wow. This is the wall right here. It's the contrast of your 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 giant dome, your your large cranium, I think. Jesus and then this, Christ! How many times are you going to disrespect my my head today? You know what? Earlier it was You've been a dumb head. Disrespecting me all week when I'm like, "Hey, man," you're like, "What are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about?" I'm like, "There's plenty to talk about." What? Well, like what? What specifically? I'm like, "Can't we just have a conversation like two human beings?" And you made it seem like I'm not capable of that. So. Here we are. Now I have to give you shit. You've been giving me shit all fucking week. Well, yeah, I've been disrespecting you all week because it's all about, like, Tiger King and shit. Well, you, you've been sucked in, though, because you've been sending me Tiger King memes, and you haven't even... You haven't watched it, right? You're, you're, I, it I'm, seems like you're I, trying to be too cool. Is that fair? That's fair. Too, too cool? Is that what you too said? Too cool to watch. No, no, no. It oh, seems like you're playing okay. the whole, I'm above this whole thing. I just don't get it. Am I right or am I wrong? But you have been sending me Tiger King memes, so you have to be somewhat interested or curious about it. Not really. That part is just for the fun of getting your reactions from it. Because I feel like social media is, has blown up with this so much that regardless of if you've watched it or not, you can get the premise pretty easily. Yeah. It's so a reality. So, it's a reality right. series though. Right. So that's where I'm I just see the memes and I think it's funny based off of what I already know and then I send it to you. But you say I'm too cool to watch it and in a I wouldn't necessarily say that that's how I feel. But for one, I've never been the guy I've never been the person who jumps in on something just at the same time that everybody else jumps in on it. When it comes to like show TV shows and stuff like that. So did you just start watching Ozark or you started season one when everyone else did? I just started watching it. No, no, no. I mean, did you just start like now, uh, like a month ago? Did no. you did you see a trailer for season three and you go, what is that show? I remember hearing about it. It was super popular on social media, but I was too cool to watch it. Okay, that's, so let me that's catch one, back up that, with all, that, everyone else. That's one example. But what about like Breaking Pretty Bad? Pretty good example. Like Breaking what Bad. Breaking Bad, Dexter, Sons of Anarchy. Those were all of three of my favorite shows, but I didn't start them until like third or fourth season, if not later. So you, you waited. Yeah, actually Dexter, I didn't even get into until like maybe two years ago after the whole show was done. Okay. All right. 
Well, this is a problem. I think you should just watch <laughs> stuff that's good. Let me just clear this up. Okay. Um, All right. Well, I, I mean, the, again, the, you're the saying funny, the funny thing I is get the definition. What the Tiger King is. The funny uh, thing is the definition of good. We have t- we have two different definitions of what good is. I think. So when I say there's a a a documentary series about a redneck who could quite possibly live next door to you. I mean, come on, let's be honest. A redneck. <laughs> Did you hear? Uh, did you who, hear my eye roll? My eyes roll just now. Well, I saw them, but no one else could hear them. <laughs> um, I said, "There's a show about a redneck, a homosexual redneck." No, let me let me start over. There's a there's a <laughs> uh, there's a there's a reality Netflix documentary series about a gun-toting homosexual redneck who raises tigers. That description right there isn't enough for you to go, I should watch that. Forget about all the other hijinks that might be happening <laughs> during this show. That alone isn't good enough for you. You're too cool for that concept, right? Okay, okay, but go back to what you said a while ago as in the word good. So now if I come, if you don't know what this show is and I come to you and I say those things, is the first thing in your head, I bet that's good? I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> you say that's me, I'm in. I've and now that I've seen it, not only is it good, it's tremendous. It's it's so good. Like so good as in well done? Or it's well just so done, good as in it's ridiculous? It's ridiculous. I felt uncomfortable at times. Yes, it's it's good. Okay. But again, might not, might not be your thing. I get it. That's fine. But then you watch shit like Black Mirror. Dude, I cannot believe you diss Black Mirror. I haven't seen it. I haven't watched it. I like I said, it was on. Well, I tried once, and I I just got bored. And uh, uh, I've heard I've heard good things about it, but yeah, no, I just uh, I don't know. Um, it's, it's a good thing and a bad thing depending on the episode because every season, every episode and every season is different. It's a different situation, different scenario. There that's are what I've heard. there are a couple episodes that aren't great, uh, including there's one in the first episode that I've heard several people tried to start watching on that episode and it's not good. And then they shied away from it. But then when I got them to watch other episodes, they were all in. Okay. So if you watching one about a pig about, I think it's the president and a pig do not watch that one. See, but that's the thing I know about that episode because of social media and the hype around that show when it came, when it started, I don't even know what it is. Right, so, but I know specifically about what you're talking about. Okay, I've heard it on different podcasts. I've seen people blasting it on social media. I already know so much, just like you know so much about Joe Exotic now. Yeah, you just refuse to, to to join the party. I'm telling you, it's a fun party. So this is the same concept. Come on, I sent you the p the the the, the political ad that he did. Mm-hmm. That was 12 minutes of gold. You have to admit. <laughs> I'm queerer than a $3 bill, but I'm here to tell you, come on, man. It's it's comedy. Anyway, we won't have to talk so much. I'm out of, I'm out of coffee, all, coffee already. We don't have to talk about Tiger King anymore. I know you're probably bored of it, but. What else you got? You said you have some things to bring to the table that you wouldn't even tell me about. So I, this is going to be a spontaneous episode. I'm excited. Well, you don't need to tell everyone that. We could just seem like we're just great at just having a conversation. Like I said, being humans and talking to each other because we enjoy each other's conversation. People know better. Not possible. Okay, well, <laughs> I mean, I just sent you that. How crazy was that video I just sent you? Uh, there was the promo for the uh, 
the second fight between Cormier and Jones. And the whole the whole idea of the promo was how John's got this troubled past, but this is his he's on his road to redemption. He's gonna win the title again. He's gonna defeat Daniel Cormier. And it's the the whole promo is about John Jones. I what Daniel Cormier's in it for what, the last forty seconds, maybe? Yeah, it's a three much. and a half minute promo. <laughs> and the only part of the promo that Cormier's in is Cormier basically saying John Jones is a piece of shit. He's always going to be a piece of shit. It's never going to change. And the only way that he's going to realize that he's he is a piece of shit and he's going to change is if I beat him. Now, looking back, obviously, this was UFC, UFC 217. This was 2017. He didn't beat him. Uh, Jones TKO'd him. However, it was overturned because the picograms or whatever the hell they were called. Right. And then here we are again. Fast forward to 2020. During a pandemic when he's supposed to be at home, John Jones is out chugging tequila. He, he, so I, the last time we talked about this, he was two times the legal limit. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah, he was two times the legal limit. And, you know, obviously he told on the on the video, he told the officer, I only had one drink. I was drinking vodka. Meanwhile, there's a half empty bottle of tequila in his backseat. He's firing guns in public. And then he said, I heard that he said that he was out trying to make the homeless feel better. Is, is, was his excuse as to what he was doing out anyway, you know, when he's supposed to be at home. A, dr- um, a drunk guy wielding guns is supposed to make homeless people feel better? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I don't know how. Interesting. Yeah, man, he's a... Uh... So, well, the, the beginning of that video started from in 2011. Like, the Correct. the interview that they're, they're showing is basically him saying that I want to be the face of this company and I don't ever want to, you know, shine a bad light on this company and, you know, this, that, and the other is trying to make himself look really good. However, that was nine years ago. But you said, you know, you're mentioning what Daniel Cormier was saying in the video about I, the only way that he's going to change is if I beat him. Do you, what, what do you think, do you think he would have changed if DC would have beat him in that fight? I don't know because we don't know if John Jones is a humble hum, well again we don't know the public does not know whether John Jones is is capable of being a humble guy. We haven't seen it happen we know in he, MMA we, where he's been We know he can uh, show it. We know he can fake it, I guess you could say. You mean he can put on a blazer and talk about God and shed a little tear? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't really think that's being humble. I think that's you trying to uh save face mm-hmm. more so than anything else. And again, I'm, I'll repeat what I said on the last episode. I don't care whether John Jones drinks. I don't care whether he is, does drugs. I don't care how much he parties. As long as you're not endangering anyone else, have a good time. Would he have changed if he got, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that would have been a devastating loss because it's DC and I think they truly do, do not like it. I mean, I think they truly do dislike each other in a very powerful way. I don't think it's just, uh, shit talking between two fighters who have to eventually get in the octagon together. I think legitimately they don't like each other. You know, that, um, that, that's a, that, from what I see in that, that's a weird scenario because it's like DC has a hatred for how John Jones acts outside of the octagon. And yeah. John Jones has a hatred for the hatred that DC has for John Jones. Like it, it doesn't feel like, from the way John Jones has talked, it doesn't feel like he necessarily has an issue with DC personally, but he has an issue with 
the issue that DC has with him. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he's, he's on record saying, I don't understand why the guy cares so much about what I, I mean, I, well, look, I mean, these are two guys that got face to face for the first time for their first fight and got into a huge brawl in front of all of the media. I mean, that put a very bad, uh, checkered, you know, uh, a black mark on, on the UFC for, I mean, it, it took a while to sort of get rid of that stink. I mean, that was a big deal at the time when it happened. I don't know if that was UFC shit, who knows, 160-something, I think, is when that happened. I mean, this was a long time ago. Um, you know, it seems like a lot of the black marks on the sport, unfortunately, who's always a part of the issue or a part of the problem, or it's John Jones. I mean, uh, he's been a part of a lot of them. I mean, um, Con- Connor's been part of a few also. They're the two biggest stars, right? And well, I would say three, at least three major things that have happened where Connor was involved when he threw the dolly through the bus. Okay. What else happened? The, uh, the, was it just a media junket or whatever, where they were throwing the monster cans and stuff across the room? He didn't do that. He didn't start that though. I know, but you're you're saying involved in though. Oh, for sure. Well, look, you know what? (laughs) I watched, um. I didn't watch, I didn't sit down in front of it and like, but I had the Notorious documentary on yesterday. I was doing stuff around my house. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that, that whole press, con- you know, it's in that documentary. My favorite, my favorite part about that entire thing, Connor shows up late, right? Uh, it's for the second Nate Diaz fight. Nate's already there. Um, and uh, the co-main was uh, um, Anthony, uh, Anthony Johnson and Glover Teixeira. So they're all there. Connor's not there. And so, in the documentary, you get this insight as to why they're late, and his uh, agent or manager's on the phone with Connor, being like, "Yeah, they started without you, but don't worry, we already knew we were walking into the lions then, so just prepare for the worst." Right? His agent says him to this over the phone, and while they're in the car on the way there, they're not even in the same car, and so you know, obviously Connor gets there, he starts answering questions, Nate gets up and leaves, and then Nate and his again his whole the whole Diaz posse they start throwing stuff. So Connor reacts, he gets up and he grabs a bottle or a monster can and Dana White goes, Connor, Connor, don't you throw that. Connor, don't you throw that. (laughs) Now what I'm hearing is Connor, please throw that because here come the pay-per-view dollars. That's what I'm hearing. Uh But no, it's Connor in in the, in the softest tone. Like he doesn't try to grab him. He just goes, Connor, Connor, you better not throw that. And it was like, Connor, please throw that. Um, It was the funniest thing to like to hear because I remember watching that. I think I watched a replay of it or something on Twitter when it happened. And I remember hearing Dana White say that the first time I saw that, I was like, wow, could he have wanted him to throw that kid? Like, it was like, please engage. This will just like, it's just cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching all around me. Like, you know, but um, yeah, so there was that. But what's the third one? So the, the dolly, that one, and, oh, him punching the guy in the bar or whatever. Well, okay, then four. I was, if you were talking about things that he was involved in, I was going to say after his fight with Khabib. That was mainly yeah, that was mainly Khabib, but yeah. Connor was involved with it too. Because didn't he punch somebody from Khabib's camp also? After they sucker punched him in well, the side of the head. I'm just saying he was still hey, involved. Man. I didn't say he was his fault. I'm saying he was involved. Hey man, Khabib's people now know: be a bitch and get hit. Can't sucker punch people. Yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, as far as Dana White goes, Dana White is. He can do every every press conference in the world saying that he's looking out for the UFC, but in scenarios like that, 
he he may be trying to save face of the company, but it's probably hard for him to do it knowing that the the deeper that Connor digs into this, the more money that's going to be rolling in. Yeah, well, and that's the thing about John Jones too. Again, I we don't know if he can be humbled. We haven't seen it as of yet. We may not ever see it. He might retire without ever losing. He might get stripped of his belt this time. We don't know. But the one thing that I've heard, I've heard, uh, you know, respected people in the MMA community say is that this is bad for the, this is bad on the UFC's name. You know, John Jones constantly getting in trouble because he's arguably the greatest of all time. He's one of the biggest stars in the sport. Okay, maybe that's true. But if this were ten years ago, and John Jones is getting in trouble like this, I would say yes, it's bad for the UFC's name. Look, man, the UFC's a, it's a. Can we we can officially say that it is a fish? It's officially one of the big sports organizations, right? It's it's there. It's it's a part of the landscape now. It's not the the sort of boutique underground thing that MMA itself and the UFC especially is not this underground sort of boutique thing that it used to be. Yeah, UFC is a household name now. Yeah, it's a household. Absolutely, it's everywhere, and so it's a professional sport. Guess what? The world of professional sports is a crazy place. It's not like there haven't been baseball players that haven't that have not been in trouble. It's not like there are football players that haven't been in trouble. NBA players, soccer players, golfers, you know, NASCAR drivers. It go, it's all over the place. So to assume that because it's fighting, you know, let me let me let me just back up. Boxers. I mean, Jesus, has there been more controversy in a sport other than I mean, arguably the greatest of all time? Is, is considered to be, by many, one of the biggest pieces of shit that right. ever fought. Right. You know? So, like, to assume that there can't be controversy or there, there can't be turmoil or chaos because they're fighters, it's just, it's not, it, it doesn't apply because it, they're professional athletes, man. Pro- like I said, professional sports, it, it's, a, it's a crooked business. So when you get involved with a crooked business, naturally, people who are attracted to that sort of trouble are going to, you know, indulge. John Jones is no different. John Jones is no different than, uh, God, who's some, uh, Michael Irvin or something like that, right? John Jones is no different than Daryl Strawberry. Yeah, he's doing different things. They're different sports. But again, it's the same sort of behavior. So like, yeah, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's bad for the UFC, but is it any worse than, than again, so like, what if Mike, Mike Trout, tonight gets behind the wheel of a car drives drunk and hits a telephone pole thankfully doesn't hurt anyone but he gets arrested with dwi does it hurt baseball right there is a difference there though i think because of the size of the sport and it's easier for a title holder in the ufc to be a more of a face for the company than it is for like baseball Right, you know what I mean. Like if you try to compare Mike Trout to John Jones, I'm just saying that if if you look if you if you're if you picture a sport and you try to picture one person that's the face of that, MMA may be a John Jones or a Connor or something like that. But baseball, it's harder to do that with. So that's why it could shine a the light could be shine worse on UFC yeah. than baseball. Yeah, well, I, I think it's easier to be anointed the next person in other sports as well. In MMA, you, you, you have to prove it. I mean, in most cases, now they can, they can, they can put you in front of the fans and they can get you the right fights, but you have to prove it. 
Whereas in baseball, I feel like you kind of, in a way, enter the sport as the 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 chosen one, you know, in in the NBA. And, and again, it, it wears off, and it doesn't take much time for it to wear off. But I mean, LeBron James was on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was 16 years old. Can you imagine the amount of pressure and the amount of anxiety that has to bring? I mean, you're basically being, and that's the, and that's why, you're basically being told you're going to be the greatest when you're a teenager. But that's why I always think that the argument that who who who's the goat is it Michael Jordan or LeBron James? It's the dumbest fucking argument to me. Anyway, I don't. I, why can't there just be? Why can't there be? There was a Michael Jordan and there was a LeBron James, just like there was Michael Jordan and there was Kobe. There was Michael Jordan and there was Magic. There was Magic. There was Bird. So like, um, I feel in those sports it's easier to be anointed the next one, whereas in, again in fighting you have to prove it. And I don't think in, in any way John Jones was ever sort of catapulted into stardom by the UFC. I think he had to prove it. I mean, you got to look at look at what he did. I mean, on his way to becoming the youngest UFC champion, beating legitimate guys and then had to defend against legitimate guys. So I think all of the the accolades and everything like that, I think the UFC helped, but I think he earned it on his own. Yeah, um, We've seen since him, we've seen guys sort of get thrust into the spotlight and they performed. I mean, Connor, I mean, it did not take Connor long to become Connor. Right. Right. It did not take Israel Adesanya long to become middleweight champion. I mean, two, two years. They, they helped themselves though. They said the right things. They won the right fights. They won the fights in a way that again, pulled more fans in. Look, look at the, at the end of the day, if, if Israel Adesanya has a stinker against Kelvin Gastelum like he did against Yoel, and again, I didn't hate the fight. I don't think it was a stinker, but everyone else did. If he has that, if, if he has a fight like that with Kelvin Gastelum, does he get a title shot? Right. If he wins a, a narrow decision or wins a boring fight, does he get a title shot? Or do they go, you know what, Yoel, you get a third shot at Robert Whitaker. You know what, Paulo Costa, he's, he's destroying people. Let's just give him – we don't know. So, I mean, these guys are helping themselves out. Well, yeah, but, you know, that's interesting, too, if you compare UFC to other sports because it does matter how you win fights in UFC. Yeah. And, that I mean, that can even come down to contracts. Like, if you say you have one fight left on your contract, even if you win, if it's a boring fight and all your fights have been boring, who knows what the UFC is going to do? Are they going to extend your contract or not? Who knows? But, you know, basketball or baseball or whatever, it doesn't matter if you win by one run or 10 runs, you still won. And that's that, you you know, ranking systems come into place and stuff like that. UFC, it doesn't, it's not that way. I mean, you could, you could not get a bigger fight than the one you're in right now just because you didn't win in a spectacular fashion. Yeah, no, I, you're right. And that's why I'm saying these guys have earned it. So, John Jones earned it, and now the question will be: He's proven that he's a savage, and he can he's he everything that he's done inside of the octagon, he's done on his own. Um, he's won the fights, he's had the finishes, defended titles, won titles back after already embarrassing himself outside of the the sport. The question is now. I mean, again, you got to think too. He won the title, the youngest UFC champion ever, and then he starts. He starts getting in trouble when he's young, younger. He's in his thirties now. Right. So again, the question we we kind of we kind of brought up on the last episode is, does he have a problem, or 
is can he just not let go of that behavior that was fun and, and sort of neat to other people when he was in his 20s? Oh, he's 32 or whatever. I mean, that's not old by any means. He's not right. an old man. Right. You know, but he's not a, he's not a kid anymore. You know, and he's also got, in, he's got kids. And also in his profession, he's not the youngest. No. So, you know, is this a problem or I mean, again, does he just say fuck it a lot? And I, I don't know. I don't know. But the bottom line is, you know, that is somebody's dad. That's somebody's husband who now for the third time is in the public eye, uh, you know, basically making a fool of himself in the public eye. Um, I imagine that's not easy on any family. I don't know. I, I'm curious to see what the UFC does. Again, I don't think Dana White. I think that's the last thing on Dana White's mind. I think he's trying to get UFC 249. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the, that's his main priority, trying to get that to happen. But I don't know if he's going to make an example of John Jones. I, I don't know. Maybe he has to. We'll we'll see. But like I said, I think UFC 249 is his biggest priority. What do you what do you think about that? Does it happen? I would keep saying this, but I. I don't know. I mean, it 249 would have happened in March, correct? Or would March not have had one? Well, it's supposed to happen April 18th. Okay, was there an original date for it that got canceled or no? April 18th. That's always been the date. Okay, so we did we did an MMA on the mic in March, right? That we was had, the, that was the Adesanya the and Romero That was the beginning of March, yeah. Okay, okay. I guess it was the beginning of March, I guess that's why it threw me off. I don't know, man. So Connor's out. Okay, I didn't. Connor, I, I didn't hear that yet. I knew Khabib was. No, he's not. Apparently, how he can travel now? I don't know, but he's still saying that if there's a location and he knows the location, he'll make it happen. Now I don't know what that means because there, there are travel bans in Russia. Um, but we'll get. So Connor's coach basically said he can't leave Ireland either. You know, they have a pretty strict lockdown in Ireland. He's in Ireland. I haven't seen him at the gym. We haven't been at the gym at the same time. There's no way that he's ready for a short notice fight. That's what his coach is saying. I kind of trust what he's, I trust his word on that. But the problem with that is Gaethje's the other viable option and Ferguson doesn't want to fight him. He doesn't even think he's worthy of a fight. With He doesn't think Gaethje's worthy of a fight with him. Do you, he's, he's on record saying that. Do you? What do you think about that? Do I think that he really thinks that, or do I think he's worthy? Do you think in where the standings are now, do you think he is worthy of a fight? Not because you want to see the fight. Take that out of it. Just do you think he he should be in a position to be able to fight Tony Ferguson right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. What is he? Four, he's 4-2 four and two in the UFC, so he's won three straight. Is it three straight, or is it two straight? Has he had Last a fight, fight since Cowboy? Or was Cowboy's last one? He's won three straight. He's beat Cowboy, he beat Edson Barboza, and he beat James Vick. Okay. So he's on a three-fight winning streak. Okay. One of the most exciting fighters in the the UFC. People want to watch him fight. Yeah, I think he's worthy. Now, uh, again, whether Tony thinks that... uh, Tony probably doesn't think that. Tony feels so screwed by the system. You know, he's already been an interim champ. He was stripped of that interim title. And then in this fight, apparently, uh, Habib could have stayed in the United States but opted to fly to Abu Dhabi or something because he was told the fight was going to be there. But had he just stayed in the United States, this fight could still be happening, apparently. That's what Tony said. Because Connor yeah. ma- didn't Connor make a statement like that, too, about it? 
well, Connor kind of like, <laughs> remember when we talked about like calm Connor and like Connor's demeanor is just, everything's changed. Yeah. He went on Twitter and basically said, he said, he basically said like, I don't know. It could be Tony Ferguson's got you there. He was like, well done mate. Or something like that to Tony. I was like, dude, six years ago, he would never, ever, ever give any other fighter credit for anything. Not publicly anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's just so funny for me to him sort of like for him to just like, well, he, uh, he he gave Nate credit after that fight with him, didn't he? And he gave Cowboy, well, I know you're saying that long ago, but he gave Cowboy, you know, his credit he was due. But I'm pretty sure, he, didn't he give Nate credit after that second fight too? Well, yeah, I mean, but that was, again, he was in, it was a fight. It wasn't like a guy that he hadn't fought. Oh, okay, I'm saying, I see. like, he's, he's going on Twitter and he's like, I don't know, he's chopping it up with Israel Adesanya, he's chopping it up with people in his division, it's just a very bizarre. Like he's almost just stopped being a shit talker, and he's just sort of a a, a public figure now, who's just he's in the public eye because of the things he's saying. They aren't necessarily controversial. He's just saying these things, and he's just sort of he's like being active in the sport. Like he's just staying active, which I find funny. But maybe, I don't know. maybe he is doing the opposite of what John Jones is doing. Maybe he has reached stardom in a fast way, a lot faster than he expected. Maybe he was able to get all the shit out of his system and the partying and all that out of his system and realize that if I'm going to to survive in this sport, that's going to have to stop. And maybe he has, maybe that's the what Calm Connor is. Maybe he, maybe he is a new version of himself. And I will tell you, and I said this after the Cowboy fight, if... Connor is who he was and how he acted in that cowboy fight. I'm not saying I will be a major fan, but I'm a lot more of a fan than I am now. If he, if that is who he is now, if he can actually be humble and not an asshole. Yeah. However, but, but here's the thing too is, is his name big enough now, which I guess it is, but is his name big enough now to sell fights without him having to be who he was to sell the fight. Uh, no, I think his name is big enough now. I, I think he's always been humble, but I think he's been a master at selling his own fights because of the trash talk, because of the things he's done. But I mean, he again, I think he's been humble in defeat, and and, and it, whether that's an act or not. But I mean, the way that he handled himself after losing to Nate Diaz, I think was, uh, you know, I, I certainly had more respect for him after that than I did going in. I liked him. I thought he was entertaining. I loved watching him fight. Um, but the way he handled himself when he lost to the, to, I mean, that was, dude, that was an embarrassing, just an embarrassing thing for him winning the featherweight title. Like he did. I mean, he was on top of the world and he talked a lot of shit before that fight mm-hmm. and to lose that way. Like that's dude, that, that is, that's a humbling moment. And he could have, you know what? He could have made excuses. He could have talked more shit and he eventually did for the build up to the second fight. But I mean. I don't know the things that he said and the way he handled himself after the fight. I think I thought it was, I felt it was genuine. If it wasn't, I mean, God, I mean, it's one hell of an actor and he fooled me, but I mean, I thought it was great. Um, I think he has a big enough name now. Sure. Whether he remains to, he's still that person. I don't know. He does have a lot more money than John Jones. That's if one thing is certain. He's, he's got a lot more money than John Jones. Not like John Jones is hurting, but He's been to he's been to the mountaintop, as they would say. So, uh, you know, getting to the mountaintop and then being sort of in the middle of all the controversy he's been in. Yeah, maybe he has changed. 
Maybe he has grown up. Maybe John Jones hasn't. They're the same age, right? Yeah, I think they're the same age. I think so. Connor might be 31, but I don't know. I, I feel, the, the I feel only... bad. I've never seen uh, John Jones's kids until I watched that video that I sent you right before the podcast. It's like, ugh. I knew he had kids, right? I mm-hmm. just did. I've never, I've never seen them. Yes, yeah, so it, it's tough, man. It's rough. The only thing that worries me about 249 happening this month is just how it changes everything. Because you're going to have to move fights around. You're going to have to take fights off the card and things like that. That I don't know. I, I just feel like everything should go in a certain direction. And it can't. It's Everything's going to be thrown out of whack if it does happen. When there's a possibility that we could push it back another month and just not have a UFC this month. Now, does that mean UFC loses a shitload of money? Yeah, probably. Because they don't have a fight this month. But if they push it back a month possibly we could have things back to normal by then. But, you know, with Khabib not being able to fight, I mean, if, if Gagey steps in, like say that does happen, say Gagey steps in and fights Ferguson, how does that change everything? It doesn't. It doesn't change anything. No matter who wins, you don't think it changes anything? Well, I mean, it changes the, well, you're going to rebook a title match with, but I mean... But you do, even if Gagey wins? Do you give Gagey a title shot? If Gagey beats Ferguson, do now we have Gagey and Khabib? I don't see why not. And we just don't see Khabib and Ferguson. Because we wouldn't need it because... Th- th- that That's the issue in where I feel like Tony Ferguson's kind of validated in being having the issues that he's having and being pissed off. I mean, what if that what if that fight does happen? And I think that's another reason why too why he's saying that Gagey isn't worthy because I think he's trying to hold off to fight Khabib. I think well, he, that's the smart play. Yeah, absolutely. Right, because if he if something does happen and say he gets injured in a fight and loses, the title shot that he already had booked went away just because they couldn't make the fight happen. But if they were to push it back a month, possibly or two months, it could still happen, and he wouldn't have taken the chance on losing that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That sucks. I mean, it's definitely a risk. It's, it's a risk for him to fight anyone. Forget about if it's Gaethje right. or Connor. Yeah. I don't care who it is. It's a risk for him to fight and lose. It always is a risk. I mean, look, if you're if you're at the top of the rankings and you lose, unless you're a superstar, you're likely going to move down the rankings and you're going to have to step back in line. Yeah, if you were to fight Gaethje and Gaethje beats him and beats him in convincing fashion, yeah, Gaethje should get the next title shot. I mean, if Gaethje goes out there in the first round against Ferguson and knocks him out, how do you not book him against Khabib? Like, you you know? So, yeah, no, it's a, it's high risk for Tony. There's no risk at all for Justin Gaethje because, look, if he fights on short notice against Tony Ferguson and loses, people go, keep your head up. You'll, you're, you're, you'll be back, and you'll be back quickly. You know, the, 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 the person risking the most in that situation would be Tony. But, again, does he want to disappoint the fans? Does he want to... Uh, does he want to disappoint the UFC by not fighting? Does he, you know, people already think he's a savage. Does he want to sort of say, validate that and say, yes, I am truly a savage. I'm going to fight a monster like Justin Gaethje on short notice. I'm going to do it in front of no fans. Yeah. I'm going to risk my, my, my potential to get a sixth fight with, with Nurmagomedov. So 
But I don't know. I, I just, you know, trying to put myself in Tony's shoes, I'm like, okay, right now I am looking at a title fight. The fight that I've been looking forward to forever. I'm looking Maybe. I am look Maybe. Uh, well, okay, it, but it's it's Tony's booked. like you said, Tony's not getting any younger. Yeah, but I, I'm just saying that like, okay, right now I'm sitting in a position where I have a title fight. I am going to fight Khabib, who is the top of top of the UFC, top of the division, whatever you want to say. So why would I want to take another fight if I'm already at like the pinnacle of where I can be is right here right now. But there's a chance that I won't be here if I take another fight. Yeah. And it's also like, why would I want to take another fight just to get back to the same position that I'm at right now? Yeah. Because even then, even if he does take another fight, now you're looking at the time off plus another camp. If Khabib is the next fight after that, you know what yeah. I mean? So I mean, no, I do. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Even though he he kind of is a Looney Tune at times. Tony's a very cerebral guy, so I know he he doesn't need anyone else to tell him. Yeah, this is a high risk situation. Maybe just hold off. Yeah, we let the fans down. We let the UFC down. My my whole thing, and then this is it's going to sound bad, but if I'm a fighter in the UFC, you know who I, I worry about disappointing more than anyone? Dana White. Oh, Dana White. No, Dana White. Okay. Yeah, the fan. It sucks to disappoint the fans, but I worry about Dana White because this guy has a track record of shitting on fighters in front of the media. So if Justin Gaethje goes, "Yep, I'm ready," put me in, coach, and Tony Ferguson's like, "Not a chance." I don't put it past Dana White to go in front of cameras and call Tony Ferguson out for it, and then and then deny him of his his title shot later on down the road whenever this stuff gets back rolling. Right. I don't put it past him. To go, you know what, Justin Gaethje, since you were willing to step in and save the card, save the UFC, and prove that we are the the legitimate organization that we are, I'm going to give you the next title shot. Tony Ferguson, get back in line. But is that a risk? Don't put it past him. I, I get it, but is that a risk for Dana White? I mean, what happens? Fuck no. But what happens if he does that and Gaethje goes in there and just get maul, gets mauled like Connor did? Does everybody still wants to see that Connor and Ferguson fight? I mean, uh, Khabib and Ferguson fight. Okay. Now we have more of an anticipation, more of a buildup, and more of a storyline there. I I wonder if Tony, as if as if five canceled fights wasn't enough. Yeah, I, four canceled fights. I wonder if Tony is playing the long game with and being calculated about what he is saying about Gagey though, because he's saying you know he's not worthy of a, a fight with him and stuff like that. Wonder if he knows. Okay, he fights Khabib. And whether he wins or loses, it could be a possibility that Gagey's still in the in the, you know, sitting there for a fight with Tony. So I'm just saying this could be like a, a sort of a build up to a fight in the future if it does happen, and then the media can even use that kind of stuff later on, saying, you know, Tony's been saying for this long that Gagey isn't even worthy of a fight with him, kind of a thing, you know. Yeah, no, I mean that's another way to pitch it for sure. Look, in that division right now, there are four There are four guys all sort of tangled up in this. Really, it's one fight. It's the title fight. Mm-hmm. There are four guys. There's Connor, Gaethje, Ferguson, Khabib. Khabib. That's it. Yep. That's it. So the bottom line is, one of those guys is going to fight the other, and if it's not for a title shot, they're next in line, and they'll just make you know uh, Khabib wait 
longer to to defend his title. And I don't think he minds that. That's sort of been his track record anyway. He doesn't go he doesn't fight a lot. He goes long stretches of time without fighting. So it so does Ferguson. So this isn't anything new for the two of them. Gaethje will fight and fight often. Connor, when he was sort of on his rise, fought and fought often. Not so much anymore, obviously. But well, didn't he want three fights this year? Or was yeah, it just that's what two? He said. Which I mean, I, I'm sure this has put a rent, thrown a wrench into things, especially because apparently he's not training, or at least camp style training now. If him and his coach aren't in the you know in the gym at the same time at all, but I, I wonder, I wonder if he will fight again this year. Yeah, I mean, depends on how soon we sort of get back to some sort of normal. Yeah, I I think he fights twice. I think he fights one more time. If I had to guess, you know, if the P- let's just uh, assume that what we're hearing now is is correct, which we don't know. Say the peak of this virus is three weeks from now. Still, add another six weeks on top of that for the UFC to get back rolling. Another two to three to get something in inked, get something on paper. Then another six weeks for a training camp. Yeah, he's only going to fight one more time. I, 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 maybe not, but I don't see him fighting. You know, two fights in between. Let's just call it July or August. Between August and the end of the year, he's not going to fight twice. I don't see it. There's no way, unless he goes into a fight, starches the guy in in, in thirty seconds, and he's fresh. Maybe, but I don't see him. You know what the weird thing is? The guy I see him doing that to the easiest is Tony because Tony gets hit. And, you know, as we've seen, when Connor hits you, it's it's a different animal. Yeah. I don't see him doing that to Gaethje necessarily. But, I, you know, again, who knows? That's that's the MMA math right now. That's not going to work anyway. But, you're, you're you know, saying, I always you, said that if you're saying you don't see Connor doing that to Gaethje or Tony doing that to Gaethje. I don't see Connor doing that to Gaethje, but I see him. I I think there's a bigger chance of him doing it to Tony. Okay. A quick knockout that is. Feeling out process, Connor lands a left hand. I mean Tony gets Tony gets hit and he he he's been rocked. So I, I don't that's just, you know again, me trying it's, to do some some quick MMA math, but Well it's it's tough these divisions are t- UFC is something different than any other sport because these divisions are tough. Once you get up to like number number five spot and higher, you have to be calculated about the fights that you take. And you know some guys think they have to take every fight that comes their way, but you know once you get up into those top rankings, you can easily drop out of those top rankings and kiss the title shot goodbye, or have to fight your way back up to the title shot. You know, and that's where the situation like we're in right now is. You know, those guys could. The, you can easily fuck yourself is basically what you, you know, you can easily fuck yourself and have to take more fights down the road to get back to where you originally were just because you took a fight that you shouldn't have taken. Yeah. I think that's especially true in that division as well. I think some of the other, uh, you know, I think in light heavy, the light heavyweight division or the heavyweight division, I think you're honestly one or two wins away from getting right back in the mix. Like a guy like, uh, we'll look at like Alistair Overeem. You know, he's he's truly been one win away from probably getting granted another title shot. You know, when Francis Ngannou lost to to Stipe, all things considered, if he goes out in his next fight and destroys Derek Lewis, they're probably saying, yep, let's give him another title shot and probably against DC because DC was the champ at the time. Right. I, I think in the lightweight division, yeah, there there's very little room for error 
because they're just they're killers. And forget about the top five, top ten. Yeah, is is it killers. I mean, look, I think that's one division where that that rings true. I think even in middleweight, like what if Robert Whitaker goes out and destroys whoever he fights next? I could see him getting another title shot. I, I mean, why not? I mean, Izzy did kind of beat him in convincing fashion, you know, so he would really have to really have to destroy whoever he fights next. But I, I, again, I, I could see it more. You're right. In lightweight, it's just it's not that easy. They're just it's a murderer's row of, of fighters in that division. So, yeah, I mean, all the risk is on Tony for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's still really interesting to me, and I'm, I'm thinking about it harder now than I think I ever have, but how different UFC is from everywhere else because, like you just said, you know, he would have to win in convincing fashion. Just because he wins doesn't mean anything. He needs to win in a convincing fashion. Baseball, basketball, whatever. You win by two points or you win by 50, it doesn't matter. You won. It's a, it, the ranking system comes into play, but UFC, I mean, not only do you have to win, you need to knock his ass out. That's the only way you're going to be jumped forward is crazy. Well, it helps. I think sometimes it doesn't matter. You know, a win is a win. I think sometimes, but it definitely helps, man. Like, you, I mean, you're, you're look in, in baseball, you said if a team wins by two runs, it doesn't matter. Well, how did they win by two runs? Did they hit three home runs in the bottom of the ninth? Right. Right. That's the, the equivalent of what it is in MMA. You know, if you're getting, if you're getting your ass kicked for, you know, four and a half rounds and in the last 30 seconds, you knock the guy out. Whatever happened in that, you know, that first, uh, you know, twenty minutes of the fight, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, or you could go out, and in the first thirty seconds, if you knock the guy out, well, it doesn't matter that it happened. So, look, Jose Aldo never got that rematch that, with Connor that he wanted. He was embarrassed by that quick loss. He's never been able to vindicate that performance, right? Even though people said at first, well, it might have been a fluke. Might have been a fluke. Guess what? Guess who didn't care? The MMA gods and and Dana White. Right. He never rebooked that fight, and there were probably opportunities where it could have happened. You know, Connor never defended that featherweight belt, and Aldo was even saying, "I'll go up to 155 to fight him if I need to." Never happened. So, look, man, you knock a guy out in 13 seconds, easy street to your next mat. You don't have to worry about that guy. Right. I but don't know. the other thing that comes into play is the higher ups in the UFC and the decisions that are made on what fights happen. Like when I, like I made the comparison to baseball, you, you know, you win a game. It's not up to the MLB to choose just to choose. Okay. Well now you're going to play this team because you beat that team by 10 runs. It's, you know what I'm saying? So like just because you go out and beat somebody, by big numbers doesn't mean that it's going to change who you're going to face net, who you're going to play against next. UFC is yeah. different than that. It can miss you. You know, your next fight could be not just based off of you winning, but how you won that fight. And it, and like I said earlier, when it comes to title fight, when it comes to the higher rankings in a division that comes into play a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you win a decision, if you squeak out a decision, you're probably going to get booked another fight to prove that you deserve the shot. Right. That's just the way it is. I think that's that's an M- that's a I think that's special to MMA too. I think I think truly think that's a that's a MMA thing because in boxing, look man, you could win ten decisions in a row if you're considered the mandatory challenger to a title holder. You win your next fight, you're getting that shot regardless. It doesn't matter how you win, you know. Even it doesn't matter if the boxing writers say you're boring. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if they say you, you're fighting. Uh, Tomato cans, like it does not matter. 
Um, so I think that's a very that's a very MMA thing, which I think is cool. I think it's what makes the sport fun and interesting. I mean, you gotta be you gotta entertain people. Right. You have to entertain people. Well, okay, you have to entertain the casuals. How about that? The people that bring in the dollars. So have you looked at any of the other fights leading up to this UFC card? Like any of the other, before all the, the pandemic started, as far as like the UFC fight nights and stuff like that, did you happen to look and see what fights were actually booked and if anybody is losing out pretty majorly on any of their fights? Well, a big one was the Nganu Rosenstrike fight. Right. But they were talking about moving that to UFC 249. Oh, really? Because it got it was one of the ones that got canceled. Um, that was a big one. Well, I think also like just consider the fights that were going to be on that card too, the UFC 249 card. So like, Nama Yunus and Andraj were supposed to fight again, and that apparently that's still supposed to happen. Um, I don't know where the two of them are, but. So there was Lincoln, Nebraska, Anthony Smith, and Glover Teixeira. That's a big one. Yeah. Anthony Smith hasn't fought since he uh, beat Gustafson. Yeah. I'm surprised he's fighting Glover, to be honest with you. Like, that seems like sort of a step down for him. That's I, what I, I was thinking. I love Glover. Like, Glover's, you know, I mean, how Glover's old? fought for the time. I mean, he's a big, I mean. How old is Glover? Uh, 700 <laughs> years old. He's pretty old. Um... I mean, Anthony Smith is sitting right there at number three. Glover's number eight. So that's, I mean, that's, plus it's in Lincoln, Nebraska. That's uh, Anthony Smith's hometown. So that's, that's a bummer for him anyway. Well, how long, so they canceled three events, right? Or was uh, it more than that? I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure. So I think in Ganu, Rosenstrike would have been right after UFC 249. And that was, and the, I think that was, was the first weekend in March, right? Because I was like, or was no. it like the 9th? March 9th? No, maybe? UFC 249 is April. No, 248. When was that? That was beginning of March sometime, yeah. Right, so if that was the first weekend of March, there would have been fights for the next three weekends, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's at least, was the one after 248 canceled? Yeah, I think that's the Nganu Rosenstrike. Okay. But I mean, just some of the cards that are, like out there. So this is in May, May 2nd, Jack Hermanson and Chris Weidman at middleweight. And there is Cejudo Aldo on May 9th. Are you excited about that one? Not really. If I'm being completely honest, no, but I'll watch it. You think Cejudo wins? Um I don't know. That's it's interesting. I I think I I don't know. I don't know. How are you, how are you not excited for a fight when you don't know you in that scenario you don't know who wins? I just wanted to see him fight someone else. I, oh, okay. You know, I just didn't feel like it, it was Amanda Nunes is fighting on that card against Felicia Spencer, so that's for the featherweight belt. She's finally defending that. May sixteenth is TBD versus TBD. Huh? Can't imagine. who's that? May sixth is TBD versus TBD. <laughs> Uh, June 21st, Curtis Blades and Alexander Volkov. Okay. Everything after that's TBD. So really the idea is to get UFC 249 to happen so they can kind of fill some, fill some space here. But, and this, so that was supposed to be, obviously it could be even Tony, Jessica and drives, Rose Nami Yunus. 
they were supposed to rebook that Magomed Ankilov and Iwan Kutelaba. Right. But one of them is stuck in, I, th- I guess, Ankilov is stuck in uh, Russia. Yep, that sucks, man. Yeah, and I mean, even what sucks even more is that that's just, you know, travel ban- travel bans going on from country to country. You know, so even if stuff kind of gets back up and going here in the U.S., that doesn't necessarily mean that these fighters that are out of the country are still going to get, you know, we don't know. Every country is going to be different as far as when they start lifting bans and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be easy to get out of your country. That's That's for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I'm spinning my wheels on MMA talk here. There's so much to, there's just so many doubts and there's like, we're just guessing on most of this stuff, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. Strange times we're living in. I bet, I I was thinking about this today. I bet Joe Rogan wishes he would have uh, waited until this year to name a tour strange times. Possibly. What's his new tour? What's the name of the new tour? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. But uh, did you see that he was supposed to be doing Madison Square Gardens and he st- he doesn't know if he's going to be able to do it now? I think it was bo- booked for like June or something. Madison Square what? Garden. Okay. What did you think I said? Um, I thought you said gardens. I might have on accident. Okay. Is that is that an issue for you? To add an S on accident? Well, well it, it, to me, it's kind of like when people pluralize White Castle. They say White Castles. Okay, I've never White heard Castle. that. Anyway, White Castle sounds good. What When's about, the last time you had White Castle? I can't do it, dude. It it messes my stomach up so bad. Well, I think you and every other person on Earth. I but. know, so it's not worth it to me. I mean, I like them a lot. They taste good, but it's not worth it to me to take the take the the jump. And spend time in the bathroom that I don't need to spend time in the bathroom for. You already so that, you already uh, have all the issues. I can't imagine you eat them. Oh, I can't. No, no, no. But I have, and I will if it's a if it's a drunken night, and it's there. That's even worse. Yeah. I know. Uh, so we we've had a, a corona free podcast, which is good. You just brought it up, so now it's not. I know. Well, no, I'm just gonna. No, no, no. It's it's been Corona free, and I think we we can it can be. We don't have to talk about numbers or anything like that. Although I did have something happen at uh, at work, but I won't even get into it because I'm still waiting for further developments on it. Didn't happen to me necessarily, but maybe I'll save it for the next one because I don't know enough yet to make it interesting. Okay. Let's just say there there is an infection somewhere and somewhere pretty close to me but i haven't been there since uh i don't know but there's a timeline there's a window of time that i might have been there when this infected person was also there so i'm still waiting i feel fine though but uh thousand milligrams of vitamin c every morning when i wake up just piss it right out after that because i haven't eaten anything completely (laughs) pointless no it's funny like i've been binging on old stuff you know stuff that i forgot that i that i enjoyed movies and uh like netflix is killing it man like on the you know the for things that are like trending and things like that but uh i've watched the social network again which i that, that's a movie that i love and i can i always forget about it for whatever reason i've only i don't know i've seen it a couple times now but it's a really good movie um 
Perks of Being a Wallflower. Have you seen that? No. What is that? I just almost made a mistake and asked you if you've read the book, but we know the answer to that. That would have been um, a terrible question. You haven't seen that? No. It's a pretty uh, depressing movie at times, but uh, it's a really, really good movie. Really good soundtrack, too. Uh, I'll give you the quick, the quick. So, so it's about a, a kid, kid in high school, um, going through major, he has major, you know, mental and psychological breaks. Uh, I won't give you what happened to him, the main thing that happened to him. But ultimately, he just starts high school, doesn't really have any friends, and he kind of gets taken in by this group of people in high school. Everything's sort of going great, and then things happen to where he kind of gets sort of a distance from those friends a little so it's all about his sort of road to um i don't know getting his mind right kind of like he's kind of bullied and uh so again it's just it's a really good movie it's a really good story i there's one of those ones where i actually did read the book before i saw the movie so i had a a context there already it's a really well done movie but um like who's in it like emma watson's in it you know emma watson is Mm -hmm. she's uh harry potter She's actually really hot in that movie. I don't know if that's if that's good for me to say or not. Like, I'm pretty sure she's an adult in the movie playing a high school kid. But anyway, um, and I forgot. I completely forgot about it. But, you know, as my wife always says, you like depressing shit. So it's no wonder that I, I, I like it. And then there, I've just, like, been watching stuff where I'm like, man, you could not release this movie in 2020 because of all of the just homophobic, like, the homophobia in it, the cultural appropriation like all of the wokeness that surrounds us now just would never allow like um what's one? So like oh 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 um I'm I'm embarrassed to say that I like it, but uh the Chuck and Larry movie. I don't what is the actual title of that movie? I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Yes, 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 yes. Dude, I actually really like that movie. I think it's funny. I haven't seen it in a long time. You could never do that again. And this is this uh, uh, this is going to be embarrassing too. But if you've seen the movie, can't hardly wait. You might be too young. I mean, this but this this came out when I was in high school. It was a teen movie when I was in high school. It's got it's got uh, Jennifer. You know who Jennifer Love Hewitt is? Yes, America's sweetheart for time there. Mm-hmm. Her Seth Green. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Seth Green plays <laughs> plays like a uh, a white guy who desperately wants to be black or thinks he's black. And just like his entire character, like, I just don't see it happening today. And they're, they're like, the word fag is used over and over and over in the movie. There's just so many things that, uh, oh, it, it, there's just so much, like, just like stuff that happened then that was like homophobic or racist that we just kind of, eh, it was like normal to us. Right. You never see it in movies now. Like, it just does not fly. Like, I watched that movie again because it's a fun movie and it's nostalgic for me. I was like, well, I was like watching it going, well, how did they get, how did we get away? Like, think about American Pie being made today. Right. As an actual, like, major release. Like, it, there's no way. There's no way it could be. But that was like, I think that came out when I was a freshman or sophomore in high school. So it's just funny to, like, watch, rewatch stuff like that now because I have nothing but time on my hands. I probably should be doing more creative or productive things, but I don't know. Have you, like, there, watched something? there are still some shows out there. One comes to the top of my head that are kind of pushing the boundaries on the, those kinds of things. Like, uh, do you ever watch it's always sunny in Philadelphia? Love it. Love it. 
Have you? They, they, they for sure. Have you seen like recent seasons? Um, okay, so here's the thing. So I love that show. It's one of my favorite. Sh- it's I think it's top three funniest shows ever made. The the later seasons I have not watched. However, they are on Hulu. I think it's Hulu right yes, now. Better Amazon. Hulu. So I started them, and there's something that's happening in that show to where I'm not laughing as much as I used to. Okay. Um, I don't know what it is, and maybe I just haven't watched enough of them yet. They're doing um, they're doing something weird with the. I don't know if it's just this last season or the season before. I couldn't tell you, but they're doing something weird where they're kind of forcing issues on you like real current issues on you and then trying to show both sides of it with a comedy feel to it also i don't know but they're they're, i feel like they're pushing it on you too hard yeah i mean i still enjoy it but they're they're still trying to push it on you too hard because they're trying to be they're trying to be in current you know talk about current things that are going on and ha- and trying to be serious but also funny at the same time yeah I, well i haven't seen that yet but i can imagine i mean most shows do that man i mean they put they, they you know current social issues into them to stay relevant so people you know it, it just it keeps their viewership up um embarrassingly i love law and order special victims unit <laughs> it's just look man i can be a dumb middle of america uh, you know, bloke, I guess, for lack of better, watching that show. I don't have to use my brain. There's nothing to think about. I just go, I wonder who the bad guy is. And then 15 minutes later, they tell me who the bad guy was, and then they take him to court, and they try to send him to jail. It's the same show over and over <laughs> and over with a different story. You know, my wife and I just watch it, and it's, you know, you know, I'm a fan. Whatever. I, I just I just wonder if, if when shows start to do that, not Law & Order, but like Sonny, when shows start to do that, is it because they are really trying to push current topics that are going on, or is it because it's content? Because like like with them, the you know the first there's like eleven seasons. Like the first eight seasons were different. Every episode was kind of a different storyline with like maybe one of the characters, and the rest of the episode surrounded that story. But now. It's like, okay, well, now we're going to talk about current topics. So it's like that's where the content's at now versus their own storylines. I don't know. I, th- I think it's I think it's an interesting way to work. Like, well, the show, like, it's always sunny. For them to work in current events into the show, into that whole mess of a show that is It's Always Sunny, I think that's mm-hmm. fun. And, and, again, I haven't – I don't. I mean, I guess they kind of did that in the earlier episodes, like when I'm thinking back to, like, some of my favorite episodes – it doesn't bother me, but again, I haven't, so I need to catch up is ultimately what I, my, my whole point behind that. Um, but yeah, it's just not making me laugh the way that it did. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, also, I mean, you're saying that they kind of get away with a lot. Think about what network they're on though, as opposed to, you know, they're not on a major network. They're on, is it, you know, FX still. So like, yeah, but they're also streaming on other like Hulu and they're streaming or, you know, in other shows that are still pushing boundaries are streaming on Netflix. Like, weren't you saying you were just watching those movies on Netflix? Yeah, that's a good point. So, I mean, they're still streaming on platforms that anybody can watch. So yeah, I mean, I I understand where it started. Like it's like Sunny started on FX, but it's still, that's not the only place you can get it. 
So maybe they are a little bit more woke than we we think. Maybe. That's what you're saying. Maybe. Yeah. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite It's Always Sunny episode? Chardy McDennis. Chardy McDennis one or two? One. Two two wasn't as funny, but it was still pretty good. So wait, two two was the one where they brought in the guy that was supposed to be like from Mattel or Uh something like from Mattel. Yeah. Goddamn. So funny. Yeah. Yeah. One's good for sure. The gang gets revolutionary. Do you know which one I'm talking about? I mean, that is a long time ago. Is that that's where they the whole most of the episode is them like in old times wearing wigs and stuff, right? Like powdered wigs uh-huh. and diesel four and uh, Mac has the wooden teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I just I'm a simpleton man, but every time he spoke and his his teeth whistled, I was like, they got me. I, I don't even care what happens. The Wade Boggs, the Wade oh, Boggs. Oh, that's a good one. Good. Yeah. Um, then the uh, the one where the, the court case they have where Dennis is in his car, Frank hits him and he's eating cereal. <laughs> what is That's that a good one, cool one too. I don't remember. That one's so good. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that shows, that shows brilliant, man. It's so fun. You know, I know a lot of people that don't like that show. Really? Yeah. They just think it's a bunch of people. I know, at each other. I know a lot of people who still don't even know what it is, which is surprising, but yeah, it is. But I, I don't know. I, I think I just randomly started watching it one day. I had no idea what it was when I started watching it. I just randomly watched it and got hooked onto it. I think I randomly watched it too. I remember I remember maybe seeing a commercial for it and I thought well, that is an odd title for a show. Like I just thought everything about like the music, you know, they play the whole the whole music. I was like that seems like I'm either going to love it or absolutely hate it and never watch it again. So let me go ahead and, and give it a shot. Did you ever watch the, uh, did you watch AP bio? Uh-uh. It was Dennis's. So Dennis, the character, mm-hmm. uh, I don't Glenn, know the guy, Glenn, Glenn Howerton. Yeah. So he had his own, he has his own show called AP bio. He plays a, a biology teacher. Oh yeah. I do remember seeing that. I didn't watch it, but I, I remember. watched, I watched a few episodes of season one. It was pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Did you it, ever- it wasn't, did you ever watch the Mick? No. Is no. that the D show? Yeah. No. No. I something that makes me like Sonny even more is knowing that like Rob McElhenney and uh Caitlin Olson are married in real life and knowing that Charlie yeah. Day and the waitress are married in real life. Right. And right. then seeing how they interact with each other on the show and how they, you know, completely separate the show from their personal lives is pretty funny. Because, I mean, you know, there's episodes where it's like just shitting on D and yeah. Rob is like the main, like one of the main people doing that. And it's, I don't know, it's just funny to me. Oh, yeah. He's, he finds her repulsive in the show and he's married to her in real life. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. The side. So did you ever hear the story about how uh, Danny DeVito saved that show? Like they were going to get canceled. They were having trouble, you know, getting greenlit for, I guess, uh, a third season. And they wanted, they actually wanted Danny DeVito before he actually joined the show. He was too busy. So then they said, you know what, we'll work around. And this is, you know, the guys that write the show. We'll work around your schedule. This is how serious we are that we want you. So then, like, started working around his schedule, apparently, and writing for him, and then he started doing it, and he fell in love with it, and was like, I'm going to quit everything else that I'm doing, and I want this to be my focus, apparently. That's that's what I, the rumor that I heard. I don't know that to be true or not. I guess that's something I could have Googled before I said it, but I find that interesting, because truly, like, Frank Reynolds, one of the funniest characters yes. 
ever. I mean, oh, that's the episode I was thinking of. So the episode where they go to the uh, where Frank hits rock bottom, and they go to the the funeral of I yes. guess it's his sister's husband. Uh huh. So when he's um, what's the cousin's name? Uh, uh, Gail, Gail the Snail. snail. <laughs> But when they're walking up to their house and he's gargling the beer, it's the little things in that show that really get me. And it's and forget about the dialogue and the writing. It's just the the little nuances of the characters like that that really, really get me. Anyway, if you haven't seen the show, you should go watch it. It's hilarious. Might not, again, I, 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 it's uh, surprising to me how many people I know that don't like it. Right. It's very weird to me. It's bizarre. I, I, it's hilarious to me, but and it, um, it, it it's weird to me too. Like the direction that they've taken some of the characters, be, and it can be from like episode to episode sometimes. Because sometimes they make Charlie to be out like the dumbest part, the dumbest, you know, bar janitor that you can you ever seen. And then some episodes he's like the smart one in the episode, and like Danny DeVito, Danny DeVito character in the beginning compared to where he's at now is completely different. He's just like going downhill the entire way until now. Well, he wanted, he wanted a simple life. So he moved in with a bird lawyer (laughs) (laughs) and you have to watch the show to know what I'm talking about. Oh man. Uh, uh, It's good, man. There was one other thing that I watched and I'm trying to remember. Oh, minority report with Tom. Have you seen that? It's been a long time. Probably when it first came God, out was the last time I seen it. Fucking good movie, man. It's so good. I always forget how much I like that movie. Actually, you know, it's weird. I kind of forget how much I like Tom Cruise movies. Forget about just that one. Yeah. I really, there's, there are not too many, and I, it made me thinking about it. It got me thinking about it because right next to each other on Netflix are Minority Report and The Last Samurai. I've loved both of those movies. Those are fantastic movies. And it got me thinking, like, oh, there are not many Tom Cruise movies that I dislike. Like I'm trying, I'm, you know, I haven't seen all of the Mission Impossibles. I've only seen the first one. I'm actually okay with that because I love the first one. Right. And I've heard that if you like the first one, it's going to get ruined by the other one. So I'm not even going to watch them as, as uh, shitty as it is. I like Top Gun. I feel nerdy and weird saying that, but I actually enjoy that movie. It's a fun movie. I'm, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of movies of his that I don't like. Are you excited about the new Top Gun? No. 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 So I'm glad you brought that up because I completely, I tried to erase it from my memory. Are you, because you're worried it's going to not uh, be up to your expectations? I don't know. It's like you're just repeating Top Gun over again, but Tom Cruise is now 60 years old. Like all of the music, I, I think there was a volleyball scene. Am I, am I wrong about this? In the preview for the new one, is there a volleyball scene or I some sort of sports scene where the guys have their shirts off? And they're flexing. Probably. Ugh. I mean, we only needed that one time. Have you ever heard? Have you ever heard Quentin Tarantino break down what Top Gun really is? Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. After we're done, go YouTube that. You can just just put in Quentin Tarantino breaks down Top Gun or something like. You should be able to find it. But it it's all about how Iceman and Maverick are gay for each other, essentially. Uh, it. But it's funny. It's it's actually from a movie, and I can't remember what movie it's from. But it's really funny. Yeah, I don't know. Do we need? I, I get it. I get why they're doing it. But do we really need another one? I'll probably end up seeing it. I mean, I'm not going to go to the theater and see it. But um, no, I wasn't excited about it. It just was. It was too. 
Well, why would I expect anything less of a, a second Top Gun movie? I was going to say it looked too campy. Like, what 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 else were they going to do? Make it a, a drama? Like, a, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I'll probably see it. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm thinking of, like, you know, Tom, other Tom Cruise movies. He's just been in good movies. He's actually one of my fav- favorite sports movies. Um, have you ever seen All the Right Moves? I don't, so, think, I don't think so. Oh, dude, this is, I mean, it's a long time ago, but he's high school football player in a shitty small town, you know, like a steel town, just desperately wants to get out of there. It's a good movie. Not bad football. You know, he actually is convincing as a football player, even though he's five, three or whatever he is. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's in, I'm trying to think of like other like blockbuster movies. Obviously he was great in Tropic Thunder. Um, right. Yeah. Man, it's embarrassing. I even like days of thunder. Damn it. I've got a, a buddy of mine. Well, actually, you met him, Sam. Uh, we were on the when the, on the float trip with us last year. He, yeah. I remember being back in high school, and Days of Thunder was his favorite movie, and like he would watch it and literally be able to say every single freaking word in the entire movie. Well, I don't like it that much. It was. I, I there's no movies that I can do that with. Well, at least I know. Well, I can do that with movies for sure. At least I know what I'm talking to him about next time I see him. There you go. Um, there you go. Yeah. So recite Days of Thunder to me. He's going to be like, well, do you have two and a half hours? <laughs> no, <laughs> sure don't. So give me your favorite line. You really can't recite a movie front to back? I don't think so. I can come pretty close. I can come pretty close. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, I know I could get close. Really? I could get close. Yeah, yeah. Major League, I could get close. White Men Can't Jump, I could get close. I Goonies. Could, I could probably do like half or three quarters of Anchorman. No, I had not a shot. You know what? I actually didn't like Anchorman the first time I saw it. I had to rewatch it to actually laugh and, and understand the humor that other people were explaining to me or what people thought was funny about that. I didn't I didn't like it the first time. Um, explain, I, explain that to me. People were explaining why it was funny and you had to rewatch it. What does that, what does that mean? No, that's the thing. People were reciting the parts of the movie that they thought were funny. And I remember going, um, I'm, I don't get it. And then I watched the movie and again, I go, I'm not, I'm not thinking this is funny. Rewatched it and then started, oh, okay. Now I started laughing. I don't know. I didn't have the laugh out loud moments the first time, but then I caught second things. Uh, you know, I caught things the second time around, like, you know, they say 60% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> Sex Panther by Odeon, and then the living, you know, the stuff like that, I caught the second time and I laughed. The first time, not at all. But then there are movies I've given ch- chances, like Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. So many people, when that came out, were like, you gotta see it, you gotta see it. Watched it, did not laugh, went to them, why did you have me watch that? They go, watch it again, watch it again, didn't laugh. Watch it again. Nope. So after the third time, I was like, all right, this is just isn't for me. It's not funny. I think there was maybe one line in that movie that made me laugh, and that's it. So <laughs> When you, you mentioned the Anchorman, the 60% thing a while ago, I was actually watching an episode of Sunny yesterday that had uh, Danny DeVito was on the news, and he was trying to promote, at one point he's trying to promote guns, and then later he's trying to promote water filters. And then when he's doing the water filters, he's like, did you know that 90% of your water has 100% toxins? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the, the, right, new, the, newsca- the newscaster's like, oh, man. Right now. Do what? That, that, that episode where they, you know, the, the court case. 
and they like wanted to take it to real court and Dee's trying to convince them that they can't go to real court and she starts with Frank she goes Frank how many um, unregistered firearms would you say you have in your car right now a lot like that's his response <laughs> a lot and he just like shrugs it off like a lot <laughs> like Dennis how many open bench warrants for sexual assault do you have or something like that oh man that show I'm gonna go watch that now you should earlier episodes though yeah that the gang is... recycles their trash oh that's a good one when they're using the limo yeah <laughs> Mac you have an exceptional no- uh, exceptional number of bugs in your teeth right now <laughs> baby close your mouth when you're hanging off the back of the limo <sighs> That and uh, Charlie's uncle that's the lawyer is hilarious, too. And he, he's always, oh, yeah. like, thinking his hands are too small. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in, that, in that same episode with Danny DeVito uh, on TV, he's actually there as his lawyer representing, representing him. And they're, all, they're live, and he's, like, looking down at his hands, and he's like, did, uh, are we? I thought, is this the way my hands look on TV? <laughs> and they're like, we're live. And he goes, I thought the camera would add 10 pounds to my hands. <laughs> <laughs> and then he talks about, so like, yeah, I think that's the gun episode. And then he starts talking about if you have pictures of 15 year old boys, it's yeah. like love. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Uncle Frank uh, tries to get Charlie to wrestle with him all the time. Yeah. Well, how about that, the Christmas episode where Charlie doesn't know that his mom was a prostitute? And Max trying to explain, yeah, like Max trying to explain to Charlie that his mom was a prostitute when all these different Santa Clauses would come to the house, uh-huh. and then Charlie's trying to convince Mac that his parents were crooks and they would rob other houses of their yeah. presents. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> Some of the premises they come up with are genius. Yeah, that's that's oh damn, that's funny. Did you ever see? the the PSA that Mac was in when he was like a teenager, like an anti-smoking PSA. Uh-uh. I remember it was like someone put it on Twitter and then the other castmates were making fun of him for it. But yeah, he was like super young, like legitimately a high school kid at the time. Wow. And I guess that was like one of his first acting gigs. It was like one of those anti-smoking ads. But I found it funny that all of the other characters of the show were like basically giving him shit and shitting on him for it. Like this is how you got your start. Um, but he was like such a, like, you know, just a, just like a little ornery shit in the, in the, in the episode or the commercial. It was, it was funny. Hmm. No, I haven't seen that. Uh, so one episode I want, I want to know if you've seen too, the, uh, have you seen the episode where they have Charlie's mom and Max mom live together and then they, oh, yeah. and then they make it a, basically a T their own TV show and add the sound yes. effects and all that into it. Yes. That and the the episode that I just watched yesterday that's really funny too is when D is a comedian, a stand up comedian. That's what I was gonna bring up, where they make her believe that she's a, a, a like a star. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And then they think that's she's on Conan, and as soon as she, yeah, man, that is the yeah that's hilarious. Well, the, so the episode where, and I don't know if it's, but it's when Max's dad is out of jail, and he's trying to get his dad and his mom back together, and he's trying to make his mom look pretty. And he goes, they're having dinner together, and he's got his dumb, like, uh, collared shirt buttoned up to the top and his hair slicked to the side, like the side part. And he looks at Dad, and he goes, Dad, doesn't Mom look pretty? And all he did to her was put a wrapping paper bow on top of her head. Like, not like an actual bow. That, it's just a, it's a red wrapping paper bow. <laughs> oh, my God. So you're, if you're quarantined and you haven't watched that show, A, where have you been? 
and B, we know you're quarantined, so go watch it. Please watch it. Yeah. And please hang on because it is hilarious. There, extreme. There are definitely some episodes that are better than others. Yeah. But it's it's ridiculous. And like I said, they do push the boundaries on a lot of things. Well, speaking of pushing boundaries, that's what I was going to say. I think my least favorite episode that I've seen, and again, I got to watch some of the newer ones, but it's when the gang goes black. Really? The the Wiz episode? You didn't not, like it? Did not like it. Did not like it. In fact, I don't remember laughing at all. Did not like it. I don't know. It was just me. I did not like it. So this is the last episode I'm going to bring up, but I just watched it recently and I thought it was, I thought it was really funny. I kind of forgot about it, but, uh, and I think it's a more recent one, but the, <laughs> the one where the, the pan, piano drops in the beginning of it and it's all about the lottery ticket. The lottery ticket. I don't think I've seen it. So Charlie and Mac are walking down the street or walking down the sidewalk. And then at another point you have D and Dennis talking and then you have Frank across the street on the other sidewalk with <laughs> he's got little mirrors on his on his shoes and women are walking up to him and he's trying to start a conversation and just looking down at his shoes trying to look up their their skirts the whole time <laughs> anyways so not to give the whole thing away but there is a piano hanging above Mac and Charlotte and Mac is standing directly underneath it the rope yeah. breaks and the <laughs> the piano falls. Frank yells from across the road, "Fag!" And yes, that gets him. Yes. That gets him to you know be well. Then Charlie kicks him out of the way, and this that, and the other. Anyways, there's a whole lottery ticket that's involved in the whole thing. Everybody thinks that they are they deserve the lottery ticket, so they actually go to an arbitrator and spend all day long fighting each other. But they say every possible word in the book that would offend anybody in that episode. Yeah. So if you get offended, don't watch it. But if you don't and you can separate it, do because it's freaking hilarious. Because yeah. D they they have D say all the women words and the guys say all the guy words that would offend anybody. Well, see, that got me thinking again. So what about the the day man play? That one's <laughs> Day Man cometh or whatever. Like <laughs> night, the entire the, premise the, the, of the play. The night man cometh. Yeah, the night man cometh. Yeah. The entire premise of the play is is again not it, it's not what they're putting in your face, but if you think about it, it's about pedophilia. Yeah, like it, it's ridiculous. You got to pay the troll toll to get in the boy's hole. <laughs> no soul, no boy's soul. I'm pretty sure it says hole, Charlie. No, no soul. Well, it doesn't sound like that. Then the other one where they're trying to be the hottest uh, the hottest bar in Philly. And they go to the uh, they go to the really like corporate the oh, corporate team. I just watched that yesterday actually. Yeah. And they're like, you know, like the the che- the cheesy bartenders, and then Mac looks over at them and he goes, I really bother that we're not focusing on the fact that he's friends with that guy and he's black. Like, why is no one talking <laughs> about the fact that this guy's black? <laughs> what the fuck? And then they, they well, they learn how they do things there and then they try to take it back to their own to the bar. And this woman comes up to ask for a drink and Max says something about jizzing or, or something like, uh, cause at the, at the other one they were talking about, like, um, it's like an orgasm. Yeah. Some people say it's as good as an orgasm. And he comes back and he's like, some people say it's as good as busting a nut. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then they got what's his name? The uh, they try to have the the black to white ratio like the other bars, so they get that one the the dude from under the bridge. Uh, the what's his name? Tyrone, I think. Oh yeah. And he brings his whole fucking crew. <laughs> and like, like I think our ratio of black guys to white guys is off here, guys. Oh my god! And Charlie comes out with this song, "Go Fuck Yourselves." That's brilliant. I'm gonna go watch that now. All right, that's a good stopping point. Anyways, I will let you go do that. I feel like I should play like it's always sunny music in the background for this whole episode. Yeah, it's probably copyright laws against that. But yeah, you probably can't do that. <laughs> All right, you good? Yeah. All right, we are out.